Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation, Lesson 88. Hello, and welcome to Lesson 88 of Learn Persian with Chai and Conversation. We're back with our poetry series of lessons. In this lesson, we'll be going over Ahmad Shamlu's poem, Raz, which means secret. And in this first lesson, I'll be discussing the poem with a very special guest, Tehran Van Ghasri, an extremely funny and insightful comedian that you're hopefully already familiar with. In this lesson, we'll be going over the entirety of the poem. And I'll be releasing a few more lessons after this, going over the poem word by word, phrase by phrase, so you can add new Persian words and phrases to your vocabulary, phrases you can use in everyday conversation. You can get the full transcript of this poem to read along with us in English phonetic and in Persian script, and also the translation on our website at chaiinconversation.com, with chai spelled C H A I. I'll go over this af- more after the lesson, but if you're looking to follow along with us right now, go to chaiandconversation.com slash lesson 88, and it'll take you right to where you need to go. And now, the interview. Enjoy! So, Tehran, thank you so much for talking with me today. <laughs> yeah, you kind of made me do this. <laughs> like this. I love how you thank me for talking. I've been ba- I know, I've been badgering you. Yeah, you're like, yo, we're going to do this. Like, you didn't even, look, usually the Persian way is to talk off and ask. You're not even asking nicely. You're like, Tehran, we're doing this. Like, well, you're doing it. Well, the thing is, so we recorded a Raising Nim Renee's episode about you growing up half Iranian. And you said this one part of a poem in there. You said, Kesi ke khabe. You know that quote? What was the quote? It's like a, it's like a Persian saying, Kesi ke khabe. That's right. You said that and you explained it. And I've been getting emails about this. Seriously, several emails of people saying that was such a nice quote. Like it really made me think, uh, you know, what Tehran said was really interesting. And so I've been doing this poetry series and uh, and I, I wanted to add some new voices to this series. And so you were one of the few, first people that came to mind. I was like, he has a poetic way of thinking about things. Um, so it might be interesting to talk to you. So I'm excited to see what we come up with. Um, I teach you, Layla. Uh, like a bladdery? Yeah, it's putting a, it's, it, the, the little translation is putting a watermelon under someone's sure. arm. Basically, you're just like giving them something that's very big, but it's not expensive. But it's just yes. like, it's like very sweet. It's a great job. That's what you're doing. You're like, okay, oh, let me add you to that. You me, you got me. Yeah, okay, let me add to it. I also think that, like, in Persian poetry, so so you suggested that we do Shamdu, which is what we're going to do, spoiler alert. And I was reading about him. Uh, he was not only a poet, he was a journalist, he's an activist, he's very involved in the culture of Iran. Very much and, so. And I also see you as this type of person, too. I feel like, like, you studied law, right? Yeah, yeah, so I studied economics and law, and And now I do comedy, which is basically the same thing. Right. And in listening to you, I, when I listen to you on the podcast with Maz Jabrani or listen to your comedy, I can see that you're drawing from all of these into into your work, into your art. And I feel like that's a that's a <laughs> that's no, another hand carry, I can't carry this many hands in the door. <laughs> no, I need it's, exp- it's heavy, bro. I need yeah. to calm down. 
so but, yeah, me... I appreciate it because I, you know, Layla, you're honestly one of my favorite people. You're this like self autodidactic person who's like self taught yourself a lot of things when you didn't right. have to. Growing up in America, neither one of us had to ex be extremely Persian or Iranian totally. or immerse ourselves in understanding. It's not just being in the culture, it's actually understanding the culture, why things are done the way they're done, or why people say the things they say, and the history. So many Iranians uh, just think that because they're Iranian, they know. They don't. Right. We right. all should study. Studying is something we should all do. Educating ourselves on our culture, our heritage, should be a very important part of all of our lives. Definitely, definitely. And the goal of this series is to make poetry more accessible to more people, either people like us who have grown up here or uh, people from other cultures that want to learn about Persian poetry. Um, it's very hard to find online or anywhere uh, about Persian poetry, unfortunately. So so I'm excited about doing this. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about what was the role of poetry in your upbringing? Did your father read you a lot of poetry or did he, was he like most Iranians just spouting off Masnavi all the time? Yeah, no, my father, first of all, my father and my amme, my aunt on my dad's side, are the kings and queens of, of Iranian phrases and sayings. So I heard all the Zarbo Masal, all these sayings and phrases and colloquialisms we use. They were the kings and queens of this, from uh, which is like the concept of a mouse trying to fit in the hole, but it also, it barely fit in the hole, but it also tied a broomstick to its tail, which means like, if you don't really get in somewhere, don't do too much. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. don't, do, don't do the most. You're barely getting in here. Like, let's... Let's tone that down. So I, I learned all of these, like, like the uglier the monkey, the more it, it's a, a goofball or plays around, which is basically like whenever someone's, it's an expression used if someone is unknowledgeable about something or uh, shouldn't be speaking on something. They're the ones who speak the loudest and they talk the most, which huh. is something we see in modern day exponentially, right? So Definitely. Persian poetry was a must in my home simply because my father has decided, you know, he was going, he was going to be the next, he was going to be the next Khasha uh, Yar Shah. <laughs> you know, he was going to be the next Tirush, you know, whatever in my home, at least he conquered uh -huh. us. He his Persian empire conquered the family. So we had um, a lot of poetry mm -hmm. from Hafez. I had to read the Shahnameh. I had like all these things wow. were part of my Iranian learning and it's not like my dad's a big professor or a teacher but when it came to me and honestly i know that he didn't read a lot of these things before <laughs> me either like he was just one he was the teacher who was one page ahead of me and wow that i learned yeah well that's good <laughs> well so you i i asked you to choose three poems um and so today we're gonna do the first of the poems that you chose and it was a poem by shamlu so what draws you to him Shamlu Ahmad Shamlu is not only not only was he one of Iran's most prolific poets, but he was so immersed in Iranian culture and a, basically a thermometer or a gauge of everything that's going on all the way until Khodabiyomorzatish he passed in the year 2000. So basically lived through two almost three revolutions and decided to conjure up all his creativity to write about these experiences in every single way 
possible, whether it's journalistically, uh, poetically, uh, or as an author. He decided to make sure that we should never forget these experiences on a variety of subjects, love, life, politics, principles, philosophy. So it's just that profoundness is something that draws me to this guy. Right, Plus, he looked like vegan. Plus, he had this, like, vegan <laughs> yeah. look. Like, you know, when he was young, he got all the girls with his shamblu-ness. Like, he was like, man, shamblu. And so just a little biography. So he, he was born in 1925 in Rasht, and he lived until uh, in, he died in 2000 um, after a few years of health problems. And so, like you said, he went through a few revolutions. He was uh, put in jail he wrote really, he was a journalist for a while, so he wrote about politics. He was part of the Tude Party. And so he did live through a lot of turmoil in the Islamic Republic, and he stayed there. He didn't leave. For a few years after the Islamic Revolution happened, he did go a little silent. But he merged after that and did tours of Europe. Uh, he did tours of the U.S. He was nominated for a Nobel Prize in 1984. Yeah, and I and I was actually watching this TED talk that this woman who knew him personally did, um, and she was saying, you know, he was nominated for this Nobel Prize. Like, how many of you know of this guy? And like, nobody raised their hands. And so I think that's a shame that, you know, <laughs> you do. No, I know this was an American audience. I'm saying I am an American audience. That's what <laughs> I want people to understand. I am an American audience. So uh, the same way that we know in America of Shakespeare's work. And and it's not always just, um, it's not only just American authors we know about, you know, uh, Marquez and all these other writers as well. We should know we should. about Shamlu. We really should. And so he was, he was the person who's credited most. He, there was a, um, a poet named Nima Yushij who was the first one to break away from classical Persian poetry. We all know Saadi, Hafez. By the way, they're all the same. Listen, I, I think it's very interesting that people think uh, Persian poetry has just metamorphed into this new, it's basically, it's basically in the same. Definitely. <laughs> they, 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 as much as I love Iranians, and they're amazing with their imagery and their creativity, thoughtfully. They're not big on change. <laughs> like if something works, <laughs> like the miniature painting works, yeah. let's all keep miniature painting. Fashion, right. you don't need, it's all the same way. Oh, and only <laughs> from Kashan. I don't even want it from anywhere else. It's Poetry true. is all like, Huff has made it. Let's, that's how we all do it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But they had some very strict rules that they were adhering by. And he was the one who really um, popularized free verse. And so him and I guess Furuk Farukhzad are the two most uh, famous. Well, we're going to go to next. That's like, that's my girl. Like Okay, yeah, definitely. Well, I think, I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like Furuk Farukhzad is a lot more in the like com- current lexicon of in the United States than Shamlu is even, right? Or is that not? You know not- what? Both of them, I don't think that I could go to my homies and be like, <laughs> hey, what are you listening to? And they'd be like, I don't know, uh, Tupac. And I'd be like, what, you're not listening to Farokhzad? Yeah, it's a good Sean? point. I think I have one American friend who somehow discovered Farokhzad on his own, and so I'm just like, oh, she made it. No, <laughs> she see, made it, the one. But here's the thing I always advocate to other Iranians. is don't wait for, quote-unquote, Western acceptance. Right. That's not what we should be waiting for. That shouldn't be the meter of success. When something's important or valued to us, then everyone else will also learn to value it as well. And that's True. that's what we should be inspiring, where 
these poets are so important to us in our individual lives. And it's things that we quote that people, and, and it resonates with others. Just the same way that I simply came across with the, the Chab saying, basically the sleep saying. Right. And it resonated with people because it's about universality. It's about being able to connect and realizing that no matter where in the world we are, we all have so many similar experiences, mm -hmm. so many similar opinions and wants, desires, needs. We're basically so alike, much more alike than we are different. And this is one of the ways to explore that. Definitely. And on that same note, uh, when we were trying to schedule this, you know, it's right now as we're recording, it's October 2020. Uh, the United States is going through a really difficult transition period, a really difficult time. And I feel it was it was very comforting for me to read about Shamdu at this time because he went through all this. He wrote beautiful poetry about it. But he, you know, we feel like everything is just crazy right now. He went through the most crazy times and he difficult managed Difficult for to... the United States. We should clarify, difficult for the United States. Like, honestly, we still have hot water. We still have electricity. People are still eating for the most part. So like, important to remember. We, we love, this is what I say is like first world problems. Like, no, my political party's right. Like, yo, we can kind of figure this out. It's a conversation. It's, it's a totally conversation. right. Yeah, it's, it's totally right. Well, okay, so let's get into the poem. So um, as we have done in the past, uh, if we could, let's just read the entire poem. Um, and the poem is called Raz. And Raz is the word for a secret. So Baman Razibud, that is the poem. And um, so Tehran's going to read the whole thing. This, These are intended for either people who can speak Persian already and understand it or people that do not speak any at all. So just listen to Tehran read it, uh, get the feeling of it, and then we'll go over it maybe four lines at a time and translate it, do a rough translation, literal translation, and talk about the meaning. <laughs> که به چا گفتم تو راه دراز به اسب سیاه گفتم بی کس و تنها به سنگای راه گفتم با راز کهنه از راه رسیدم حرفی نروندم حرفی نروندی عشقی فشوندم اشکی فشوندی لبامو بستم از چشام lovely <laughs> that was really nice I feel like I could say I got but you know what it sounds like this is like real rap but man رازی بود که به کو گفتم but man رازی بود که به چه گفتم <laughs> like you could really if i had a if i had a kanye beat this would be a hit, this would be a hit. <laughs> wow <laughs> okay so let's go over this poem so it's a great poem it's a very simple language so this is another thing that shamanu is known for is to get the um very common imagery, common, simple language to talk about these really deep concepts, which, of course, all poets do. But let's look at the first four lines, and we'll roughly translate them. So, So with me, there was a secret. So there was a secret with me, and I told the mountain. 
با من رازی بود که به چاه گفتم. So there was a secret and I told the well. So these are two different, very different bodies of things, a tall thing, a short thing, an inanimate objects, <laughs> or uh, nature, I guess. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like I, I contained the secret, but I, I, I was dying with it. I had to tell someone. I'm telling exactly. the mountains, and I'm telling the well. I'm telling things that can't tell, but they're out there. I'm putting it out in the universe. I'm totally. letting nature know that this is, this is it. This is what exactly. I'm telling And it was with me, like the, that's Baman Razi would like this thing was with me. Like it, I didn't have a secret. The secret was with me. It was like encompassing me. And and this, you know, obviously, this rhyme, like it has a lot of um, rhyming in this poem too, which yeah, I really actually, like. Actually, they kind of just use the same word over and over, <laughs> which is like a very yeah. Persian thing to It's do true. when they're rhyming. They just kind of hastam, mastam. Yeah, you know, it's true. It's kind of Farsi as a language tends to rock. That's why when we speak, it sounds like we're we're singing. Salam, khubi shama. It's true. Like Farsi is a language. It's true. It's true. Um, do you want to read the next four lines and give a kind of rough translation? Uh, sure. I mean, به اسب سیا گفتم بی کس و تنها به سنگ های را گفتم so he's basically saying um, in, on the long road on the long road or uh, long journey in a way uh, he told a black black horse meaning uh, telling you know this royal object this, this you know animal this strong beautiful beast right mm-hmm. And then alone, be Kasutanha, alone. It's like that whole alone and afraid, but it's just alone yeah. with no one, with loneliness, with without anyone there. Yeah. I told the secret rocks. I told these these rocks too. I told the, the pathway. So it's like important to note what he's he's and clearly at this point. The secret can be anything, but we're starting to feel that it must be a love. It must be an energy of some sort. But I love that that bikasotan ha. That's so dramatic. Bikas like it means without anyone. Bikasotan ha. So, but it's even it's, deeper without anyone. Like Farsi is, is such yeah. a deep language. Right. Yeah. It's hard to translate. Bikas. Cast is just a being. So without any beings, you're just getting this like. I mean, I'm just imagining this person with these mountains, like not seeing anyone for days. He sees this black horse, but even that is just such a like desolate, elusive, desolate. yeah, desolate. exactly, yeah, desolate. It's just because Persians are so dramatic. They're so we're dramatic, dramatic people. Like oh, right. oh, 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 right. oh, 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 and I'm like Bubba, what's to my dad? I'll be like Bubba, what's wrong? Oh, oh, oh no, oh no, Bubba, what's wrong? There's my pencil. Where's your pencil? This is over a pencil. We can just get you another pencil. Right, But right. I want that pencil. Without that pencil, I am Picasso Town Hall. Sounds like the beginning of a poem. It is. You need to explore that sometime. But here, so so to me, this is like, I mean, he brings up the rock, the Sanghoira, the stones on the path. That seems like he's at rock bottom. And so... 
there, there the, the poem kind of um, reaches a turning point. So now, all of a sudden, the next line is, go ahead. So let's go back to this. What is kohne? Kohne is used. It's... Um, Weary, yeah. like worn, like uh, a weathered. That's it, weathered. So he's weathered the the secret. So the the secret has not changed, right? He's just been like telling it and telling it and telling it until like he. What is that um saying where you say like that's my name? Don't wear it out. Don't wear it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's my saying. <laughs> um. So he's worn it out by telling all these inanimate objects and this horse and this just all these different things. And it, so, but, it, it also, we have this saying in Farsi that does not translate to English, orde. Orde is when your like, heart is full, yeah. and we have this concept of like, like let go of this, this desperation, this depression, this suppression, this oppression, this regression, any shun, in your heart, you need to just let it out, right? Totally. And so it reminds me, it conjures that concept of like, yo, I just need to let this out, but I can't, right? Right, right. And then, I arrived from the path. Yeah. I like that a lot. So he, he reaches his destination. So so there's this like path that he's been going down, just telling everyone, telling everyone, talking, 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 talking. But then all of a sudden, he reaches his de- destination, and then he stops talking. <laughs> he, has, he doesn't speak because now it's awkward. Now it's something like if he says it, it's too real. If he does it, it's too real. We've all been in that situation. And by the way, as to see them, we say that for everything. Don't take it like, oh, I've completed the journey of my life. I have found myself. We say that when we come back from 7-Eleven. <laughs> yes, that's, it's true. That's what I mean when I say dramatic Persian people, right? And that's why I love right. it so much. So, I didn't even drive. I didn't drive the conversation. I didn't let, I didn't bring this up. I didn't, uh, I didn't extol the concepts that have been weighing on me so heavy. Right. And then it's harfi narundi, which means you also didn't, you didn't say anything. You didn't bring anything up because in Farsi, Am, whenever something ends with an M, for the most part, it's referring to me. And then when it's E, it's for the most part referring to the other, you, whoever right. the other person is. And Farsi, which I think is a beautiful concept, is a gender neutral language. So there is no uh, masculine and feminine. There is no he or she. So I can literally not know if the person I'm speaking to is a male or female mm-hmm. uh, I, by just speaking and yes. that was meant by design, by the way. I want to remind people that in ancient Persia, men and women were completely equal. It was actually one of the tenets of not only uh, Persian culture, but of Zoroastrianism, the original religion of the Persian Empire. The concept of good words, good thoughts, good deeds, that whole thing. And a lot of uh, later uh, Abrahamic religions derive many of their ideologies from Zoroastrianism out of all of the major religions of the time, including mm. the Egyptians and the Babylonians uh, and the Mesopotamians. So they utilize the ideas of paradise, angels, God, uh, the devil, heaven and hell. All of these concepts actually come from 
the, the Zoroastrian religion, which is the major religion of the Iranian uh, of Persian Empire at the time. Even the three wise men that visit Jesus are mm-hmm. three Zoroastrian priests. They're right. magis, Peter Moran, or Zoroastrian priests. So there is a lot of connections mm-hmm. of Western civilization and especially ancient Persia. But the concept of not having a masculine and feminine yeah. is, is beautiful to me. I love it. And you really, you have to go out of your way in Persian language to specify like, oh, I'm talking to a woman or I'm talking to a man. It's very awkward. It's like not something that you do. And so it changes the way we think about people for sure. So now let's let's reach the last four lines where we've really picked up the pace at this point. So it's like reached this this point where they're, he's facing or he, she is facing this other person. They're just not talking. Then what happens? Ashki fishundam, ashki fishundi. Labamo bastam as chesham hundi. Sheesh! <laughs> Talk about a shah bait. Do you know what a shah bait is, Layla? No, 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 I don't. Okay, so a shah bait is a king verse. Basically, it's the most powerful verse in any poem. And Hafez is infamous and famous for having shah baits. There are these lines that just stick out, right? Mm-hmm. And as chesham hundi, labamo bastam, as chesham hundi. That's such a powerful Oof. verse. It's so strong, and we'll get into the meaning. So ashki feshundam, ashki feshundi. Layla, please. So you let out a tear, or tear, tears or tear? Is feshundam more of like an outpouring, or is it just like a tear? I don't, I'm not sure. See, that's the that's the dramatic part, right? So technically speaking, we're thinking that it's a, but it could be a pouring, but no, 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 no. And this, it could be literally a single tear, like a single, single tear is the storm, right? Right, that's, right. That's how powerful the imagery is. Right. And then... And then the other person who we're at this point assuming is a significant other, um, and given uh, Shamlu's propensity for dating multiple women and being married three times, we're going to assume it's it's a woman speaking to also let out a tear. Like I understand, it's a it's a empathetic tear. It's the we're sharing this connection without speaking tear. We haven't spoken right. yet. And then they've just been he's just been talking, 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 and at this point. La bomo bastam. I close my lips and then as chesham hundi. You read it in my eyes. Exactly. Like it was so prevalent that you could just, it, it was exuding from my essence and my being, and you were able to read from my eyes, which is something we also say in Farsi as cheshmat hundam, as cheshmat malumbu. So as cheshmat malumbu means like it was aware, it was apparent from your eyes. We read into the eyes. The eyes are the window to the soul. Another very Persian concept. So here you have, like, I could tell by your eyes what you were meaning to say and do. In this case, it's it's love and a fight in a co- combination, in a way, right? Yes. So that's the interpretation of the meaning. Is like, here we are in this moment right. of joy and sorrow, basically asking for forgiveness and asking to reciprocate love. Right. But like you said, like that concept of it wasn't something that this person kept inside. They did deal with it and they they dealt with it on their own way. Just walking, telling, telling, telling. 
they dealt with it in the most Persian way where they told anything <laughs> that didn't count or couldn't talk about it or give advice. And they, they basically, they, they like yelled it and it could be because it had to be a secret. Right. So this, right. Has to be a secret. this is, this is unrequited love. This is love where it may not be possible for them to reciprocate physically or even emotionally, but it exists. And that's what, what the key is. But they did the Persian thing of like, not really dealing with it, right? Like, oh, I dealt with it, but you just punched a hole in the wall. Like you didn't actually <laughs> deal with it in the way you're supposed to, which is communicate with one another. But it was right. unsaid. It was unspoken love. And it yeah. exists. And it could be because these two people came from, at the time, different class levels or different families that didn't, it's the Romeo and Juliet or different, the, you know, Aladdin and Jasmine, whatever the situation may be, it may simply be unrequited love as well. It could be, but also I think that that whole like saying as I think that's a big clue in it. If it was something that this person did have to deal with, you know, uh, I, I was listening to something where it said like the truth will eventually come out, and if you don't deal with the truth at some point, it eventually like ruins you, you know, and. I think like in our culture, in the American culture, it's a lot about like talking to each other and like figuring things out and this whole like, I don't know, working out things between people. But maybe, maybe this is a secret at Raz that needed to just be worked out within this person. You know, maybe it was some sort of like dark thing that they had to deal with on their own. And by just talking about it over and over again, it like took the legs away from this, from this secret. Or he cheated. Who knows? Yeah, Who exactly. Knows? He just cheated. <laughs> now he's like, baby, forgive me. And he's like, oh, he's like I told the I told the black horse. Yeah, like, I told the black Of course I told the black horse. <laughs> it was a black horse. It was an it was a dark horse. It was a black That's horse. Right. Was, I know what I did. I told I told the mountain. <laughs> what do you mean? I told did you tell the well? Did you tell the well? I told the well. Yeah. I told the well. What more right. did you want me to do? You want me to tell your sister? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's too much. But overall, I mean, it's a poem that has a lot of different interpretations. Uh, again, it's like easy to understand. Anyone can relate to it. I'm sure we, we've all had this secret that we've gone, you know, we've worn out our shoes going, walking around the, the village trying to, to deal with this within ourselves. And I do have to say, one of the things that I know about Shaman Lu is he had this great, he was married three times, but he had this great love of his life uh, near the end of his life, who he was with for, what, 17 years, I think? They were married for a long time. And uh, she, in the end, he had a lot of health problems, so she was, like, nursing him all the time. But um, he, th- there's this, like, great love of Aida and Shaman Lu that he... Yeah, and actually it was very, it was a very controversial marriage at the time because I, I believe she was Armenian right. and her Christian family didn't accept him being Muslim, which could be like very meaningful to this is that they didn't, That's her, family, right. her family didn't accept him. And he'd also, he was older. He'd been married twice. It was a whole thing, especially in, in that time, it wasn't like, you know, it, it was uh, like in the sixties. So there was still a lot of differences than now. And, and, you know, that love lasted until his death. So. Right. Yeah. Right. Hey. Well, cool. Well, I think that's, that's good. Unless there's any final thoughts. Uh, I think that was a great poem to start with. Um, like we said, we have two other poems that we're going to talk about in the future. And those are more classic poems. 
Uh, so this is our modern poem. There's a lot of good vocabulary to learn here. It's a short poem, so it's easily memorized, which is another goal of these lessons. And other than that, Tehran, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Thank you. Actually, Persian poems in general are meant to be memorized, which is by design, and I'm sure we'll mm -hmm. get into that, especially when we sp start speaking about Hafez, uh, yeah. simply because that's where his name even came from and why at the time. So we have so much more. Thank you, Layla, for having me on your show. Yeah, definitely. And actually, so for the other ones, basically to tell you, Tehran, what I do is after this, this is the introductory lesson. After this, I'll produce maybe three more lessons where I go over this line by line, teach some words and phrases that go along with each, with, uh, with you know, these, there's a lot of good vocab to know here. Um, and then uh, the students send us videos of them reciting these poems. Oh, so, wow. I can't wait yeah. to see that. That's so, good. It's a lot of fun. We've had some really good videos in the past. Um, and so I will be sure to keep you updated on that. Thank so. you. I can't wait for the remixes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Maybe thank we can you. get Kanye to do it. I'm telling you right now, that's how it works. Anyway, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Yes, until next time. <laughs> So like I said in the lesson, this is an introductory lesson to the poem. I'll be releasing a few more podcasts where we go over the whole poem line by line. Go to our website at tryinconversation.com slash lesson 88 to get the notes for this lesson. While our podcast is always free, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial to become a member of Chai and Conversation to take full advantage of our resources, including, including vocabulary lists that correspond to the poem and a video of this lesson that make learning easier and more enjoyable. In addition to poetry lessons, we also have other conversational Persian lessons that take you from complete beginner level to advanced, and also reading and writing in Persian lessons. So check it all out at our website, chaiinconversation.com. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, Khuda Hafiz from Layla. Layla.